folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics on Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We are going to, we're going to have a great show for you today. I need a new mic. I was informed by a professional sound analyst that I need to do better with my sound. Welcome aboard, Bruce Ballard. Welcome aboard. Lead on, SoCal in the house. We also have Bridge MCP, Melanie Keelan. We also have Lee Grant, Peggy Lopez, Paraver, Yvette Avery Herod, our beautiful lady from the unions in the house, as well as our other beautiful queen, Bridge MCP. AVQ is also here, and our La Preciosa. Alistair Waters. How you doing, Alistair? And of course, we've got Eric Hayes, who just jumped in with a message. But first comes El Señor Michael Rodden says, This one feels like it might be a day early, but Politico, MAGA protesters in Manhattan crowded out by anti-Trump rivals. Demonstrators who want a, a Donald Trump indictment for outnumbered MAGA supporters Tuesday morning outside the Manhattan Criminal Court, where the former president is expected to be charged as early as Wednesday. Despite Trump prediction Saturday that he would be arrested Tuesday, his call for supporters to protest the House, the courthouse, was relatively quiet Tuesday as grand jury on the problem only sits on Mondays and Wednesdays. Jurors heard what was believed to be the final witness Monday before they vote on an indictment. If Trump can go down for campaign finance violations, he can also go down for multiple business financial crimes in New York, which they that may be a surprise coming as well, for suborning election fraud in Georgia, for inciting the insurrection in D.C., and for willful retention of stolen classified documents in D.C. or Florida. It was anyone else other than Trump. If it was anyone else other than Trump, they'd long have been seen a jury trial and prison. Salute con café. I was about to cough. Anyhow, hey, Bruce, we'll have to give you a call later on. We've got to postpone till probably Wednesday or Thursday. Man, I didn't realize I was so much under the gun till I got up this morning and started writing. Anyhow, uh, we're going to have a great show for you today, folks. We're going to have a great show for you today. Eric says, ESG important, but not everyone wants their money in it. And BlackRock CEO even said they are not the climate police, even though they started all of this. Senator Joe Manchin put the Biden administration on last Monday after President Biden carried through it his promise to veto bipartisan legislation that would have killed a regulation that encourages private retirement plan fiduciaries to consider environment, social and governance uh, fact factors when making investments, decisions for over 150 million Americans. Um. You know, they take a lot into consideration and keeping the earth from frying, I think, is a legitimate consideration as well. But for those who don't, put your money elsewhere. Invest elsewhere. I had me as a little something and I don't know, it's kind of messing with my teeth. All right. Bridge says, Trump peeps are afraid Antifa would show up laughing my you know what up. I tell you what else. The most important thing I believe that happened was the prosecution that's happening for all those people who just showed up in D.C. and went and broke into the Capitol. Now they know that the rule of law, Democrats will enforce the rule of law. So they're all going to jail. You think all of them, you see, they thought that the president was invincible. He was going to stay in office and they could do as they please. They could behave like animals. 
They could be terrorists. They could be insurrectionists. They could be treasonists. Or what is it? Treasonists? What is it called? They, They could be traitors. Traitors. And they would get away with it. Because the evil Trump would be back. But you know what? They're in jail some of them are going to spend more time in jail than they ever even spent doing be, uh, than they ever spent being a maga, right? They're going to learn that maga won't save you. Maga is only in to make a dollar for Donald Trump. And as more of you find out that mag the purpose of maga is to make money for Donald Trump, when you find that out, when you figure that out, you'll be doing fine. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Glad to see you here, my brother. Okay, Kemastenguaki, judge from E2247 says, Scarcely any political question arises in the U.S. that isn't resolved sooner or later into a judicial question. Alexis de Tocqueville, he's an old-timer, right? Yeah. Judge Howell invoked the crime-fraud exception to attorney-client privilege, shredding 45's impregnable shield piercing attorney-client communications that seem... Involve lawyers engaging directly in clients' criminal schemes, which we know Trump is, in fact, a criminal. And that we have a base of a party that is willing to elect a criminal should tell you much about that base. All right, continuing, or have, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Uh, Larry Tribe continues, you don't need to get rid of all lawyers. It's enough to corrupt a few Stopping or would-be autocrat will require voters, prosecutors, lawyers of integrity, and the judiciary. I agree. Uh, para ver quien más lo puedo leer aquí. Uh, para ver. Eric Hayes says, my money has no bearing on climate, only the return on the money. You're right. And climate fails, your return fails. What I try to, to show you, Brother um, Hayes, is... Um, Critical thinking requires that you don't just think on the surface, that you think behind the scenes. Let's give an example. You invest in, you invest in, in, in the desert of California, that, that, uh, or rather parts of California desert, that were filled with a river that was able to make that desert into great cropland. But because your oil companies and all these other companies fraudulently refuse to release the studies that they themselves did that prove that in these next 30 years, if we continued on the path we were on, which we continued because they made sure that these documents never saw the light of day, that the climate situation we have in parts of the desert would get worse in such a manner that, let's say, the Colorado River which is responsible for our breadbasket in a lot of ways, can no longer supply the type of water that it did before. And all the rain that's going to California, it's really not filling up the Colorado River Basin. Yeah, it may be filling up all the basins in California. All the reservoirs in California are, are over 60-70% now. But the Colorado remains 178 feet below level, if, if not somewhere around there. So remember that. Critical thinking would tell you, sir, that you don't only think I'm putting my money there wherever there is the highest return right now. Because you leave the money in there long enough, you're going to hit on the critical thinking portion. All right, what else we got here? 
Uh, Carl Cox says MAGA Republicans don't have brains. God gave a goat. It's not that. It's more than that. Uh, Lee Dawn, Leo Dawn says, Leo Dawn, sorry, says, I love it. You put it so simply. It's like a brick in the face. I hear you, brother. That's what we have to do, right, sir? Eric Hayes says, Egberto, Egberto Bad Orange Man has lost wealth, not gain it from being in office. Uh, are you getting your numbers from he is spending millions on lawyers? Okay, let's let's clarify something. I never expected a lousy businessman like Donald Trump. He doesn't even make a good crook who can make a lot of money from crooking. He just threads water. Even when he's crooking, being a crook, the man even, look, the guy got free money from the sycophants that follow him, that donate money to him on every whim that he comes out with. And he still can't make a dollar. That just shows you how lousy of a business person he is. So yes, you are right. He's losing a lot of money, spending it on lawyers that you guys are paying for. You guys who, who send him a, a $5 a month and $20 a month and $50 a month. Man, I wish you guys would give me 5 bucks a month. And I'll be in an easy street. I'll be able to hire a couple of people to do more stuff around here so that I can get more work done. Luckily for me, brother, I'm going to have a few people helping me out getting for some things on the website. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce, I'll meet you, not today, but after all, we have to change a date. But, you know, we have folks like, uh, you know, that, that, that's helping out on the, you know, with their great time. So that's what it's at. Bridge MCP says, they MAGA do not think he did anything wrong. They know, no, no, uh, my beautiful Bridge, they know he did wrong. Don't, don't, did, don't not understand what's going on. They know he did wrong. They know that he slept with that prostitute as his wife was nurturing his young kid, either born or unborn. They know it. They know that the man is a thief. They know it. But he represents something carnal to these people. These are the people who are convinced that somebody else, those others are taking away their birthrights. So they are willing to accept a criminal, a thug, somebody who is abusing them, somebody who is taking them to the cleaners with their money because they're investing in this guy who has the gall to say, I am going to restore your birthright. I'm going to restore your superiority over all others in this country. So give me your money. Forgive whatever I do. I can do whatever. When he says, you can, I could shoot somebody. And they, you know, in the middle of Central Avenue or whatever avenue. And nobody would do anything about it. They understand that that's who they are. Because this is their savior. This is a guy who is willing to not be, not be like those progressives who are trying to make everything equitable, everything uh, make us have an egalitarian society. So no, don't dare believe they don't know who they are, that this guy is a thug. They know it, but this thug is going to do all is necessary to restore their birthright, even though that in itself is a lie. All right, continuing. 
Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Bree says, if you don't, wouldn't believe it or read it. Uh, I don't know what you mean by that, young lady. Eric says, California should be built reservoirs that is critical thinking, but mist goes to ocean. Uh, let's be clear here. California has a ton of reservoirs. That's why Southern California could be around for as long as it has, which is nothing but a desert. Uh, but again, what we have is climate change. You can't mitigate climate change when you don't have people who want to pay taxes, right? So let's think about it. Again, one more time, critical thinking. Paul Fleming says, the theory behind a knock, a no-knock warranty is not to be the criminal you know you're coming, but white privilege allows a former president, a citizen, to know when the law is coming. Someone please explain. Bruce Pollard said, critical thinking about the economy is frowned upon because its conclusion is more socialist than acceptable to some. Exactly. Bruce but again, Bruce, you're a scholar, so we got it. Exactly. Uh, John Smith says the Colorado River doesn't feed the breadbasket. That's the Missouri, Mississippi, and Ohio rivers. If you think that east of the Mississippi is where our winter growth occurs, you're talking about wheat and you're talking about corn. I'm talking about everything else. So maybe you're right. Actually, you know what? You know what? You know what, sir? Forgive me. I said I did say breadbasket, and the breadbasket does assume wheat, corn, and that sort of stuff. So, John Smith, apologies for our produce, for our other, much of our other things that we grow, especially those things that are grown in winter. So, you know what, John Smith? You're right. I, you know, you know, for a minute I was there ready to, oh, you're not telling the truth. And then I'm like, uh oh, you're right. All right, continuing scrolling. Continue scrolling. Let's see. E2247 says, we analyze, we are working to differentiate, discriminate, distinguish, focus, to organize, find, cohere, integrate, outline, parse, structure, attribute. I always like learning words. Thank you, E2247. Bree says, he has taken business bankruptcy six times. Yeah, he has. Never smart. Jealous? Never gave anything to any political candidate? Uh, when Obama was running, I gave a ton of money to Obama. I gave money to several other progressive candidates. All yes, so yes, I do give to progressive candidates. Uh, Trump knows how to to Brandon and how to grip from suckers. Yes, he does, Michael. Trump's gone bankrupt so often, done, done so many financial crimes that it's amazing people still think he's a successful businessman. That Trump is probably the third worst businessman in American history. They know it. They don't care. And I have a piece that I'm going to play for you that, exact, that exactly shows that, right? Because uh, like many of us have made, uh, let's say John, uh, John Smith says, Egberto, Stormy Daniels admitted in court that she lied about her claim in what Trump did. Actually, I think you, you should come forward and understand why she did, why she said that in court. And yes, she know that she committed some issues when she said that. Uh, Michael, Tr uh, she was paid to say that just to be sure. Trump knows how to do Brandon. I read that one already. Egberto, don't give a damn about sex scandal nor about Trump's personal life or marriage. But he's done crimes. And right now he faces campaign finance violation. He faces all the violation. All the violation. But it's just, it's just, what can I say again? It's just that the others are going to take more time. 
Breach says Donald Trump has portrayed himself as a successful businessman who amassed a net worth of much as much as $10 billion, which is not true. But he has led some of his companies into bankruptcy. Maneuvers, he says, were des- designed to restructure their massive debt. It's amazing, right? The truth of the matter is that uh, what it turns out to be is that um, when you have real estate, you can assign all kinds of values to it because it's unreal. You can assign it any number because the gain or loss isn't realized until the thing is sold, right? So when he was a billionaire, he was a paper billionaire, not a real billionaire at all, ever. John Smith says, Egberto is repeating a proven lie. You can keep lying around if you want to. Man, what can I say? John Smith is a proven liar, not Egberto. Thank you very much, Carl. Leo Dawn says, when you said the purpose of MAGA is to make Donald Trump money, that hit me like a brick. That's what it's always been about, sir. Uh, Bush's war crimes has threats uh, has threat to Trump's treason. Yeah. Leo Dawn says, I want to hit MAGA morons with this brick of words. Very powerful. We will. And we'll continue talking to our friends, not slamming them, talking to them. But what I want you guys to see, and, and um, let me set it up this way. One of the problems we have as progressives, as uh, democratic progressives, is that we have a tendency to believe that everybody thinks like us, that the things that we wouldn't do because of our morals, the things that we wouldn't do because we just don't believe in doing these kinds of things to people, that that's the way the MAGA mentality should work as well. Yes, it's the way it should work. But does it? No. And I want to play you this piece. Welcome aboard, Dan Angelstand. I want to play you this piece because Mike Rick Wilson nails it. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. You were speaking with Jake Homanduri uh, from the Obama side uh, about the politics of this, uh, and you guys had a back and forth. I did want to let you finish your thought. Look, I, I mean, Jay's just wrong. I'm sorry. I like the guy, but he's just wrong on this. He does not understand the MAGA base or the Republican base in this party. These people are loyal to Trump. Even if only 20% of them stick with Trump, he's going to still win all the primaries. Even if only 15%, he's still going to win all the primaries. The other candidates in the race yesterday showed there is no proposition for them to actually run. They are all saying, we'll defend Trump even though he's engaged in, in obvious criminality. They're all saying, that they're going to defend Trump. And look, all this stuff about Stormy Daniels and Trump's affairs and everything else, that's been baked in the cake for seven years. Um, Every Republican voter has already processed that and said, we're basically okay with a twice impeached guy who had an affair with a porn star while he was cheating on his wife just as he had a newborn kid. They're okay with that. They're fine with that. There's nothing purient or shocking to these people at all. You could have Trump, you could find a dead baby in Trump's car and he wouldn't care and they would not care. This guy is immune to the moral consequences of his behavior with the Republican base. As I was saying, now, does that expand to to softer Republicans like the Lincoln Project is very good at talking to? Probably opens up some more space there. Does it give Biden an opportunity to talk to conservative independents? Yes, it does. But this idea that the Republican base is going to turn on Donald Trump, he just broke every single Republican candidate for president running against him. And, And basically, they all said, we won't go after an angle where Trump would be profoundly vulnerable 
honorable in a normal political climate. This guy is – he controls the party top to bottom. Anyone else who thinks that, that, that they've got a shot against this better come prepared because he's going to do what he's going to do to Ron DeSantis over and over again. He's going to go after them and tear them from limb from limb. He controls the base of the party and therefore controls the party. And, and that our bank's proof our system is an unsustainable fraud. Uh, that is something that is something we have to understand. We must understand that uh, the the man controls a group sufficiently large within the Republican Party, known as the MAGA base, and in controlling that MAGA base, uh, there is nothing that's going to get past. This guy, unless somehow he gets convicted. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have to be careful that we don't push our moral beliefs onto those who are supporting them because that is where we will fail. We have to understand that those people are in the belief that they will tolerate Whatever Trump does, because he is their Jesus Christ. He is their savior. He is the one that will ensure that those others, whether they be Latino, whether they be black, whether they be women starting to assert their authority, whether it is their gays, whether, I mean, all, whether they be indigenous, how dare they mess with the natural order of who America was intended to be. Note to that change. And Donald Trump is willing to say it out loud. And we want somebody who's going to fight for us. And we will be right there behind them. Unfortunately, they do not occupy the majority of the country, but they occupy enough because of something called an electoral college and something called gerrymandering. So therefore, it is incumbent upon us all to do the marginal, con the marginal conversion, the marginal convincing of those on the edge, specifically in those areas where we can make a difference so that we would make or so that we will make so that we will make the electoral college and gerrymandering for all practical purposes moot. All right. That was today's first piece. The second piece I want to bring up has to do with, uh, with, with Stephanie Rule. Stephanie Rule, uh, I really love Stephanie Rule because she is normally tops. She is normally tops. She covers... Uh, finances, but it seems like she has the feeling that there is something wrong to come out and really hit the banking system as it it will almost cause its demise, which is what I think should happen anyway. But I want you to listen to Stephanie, and then uh, it, it she all almost proves that the banking system is a fraud. And then the other piece that I'm going to play that I already did at KPFT is what I consider the solution or what the solution should be. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. 
can the Fed do administratively or through other means what they're talking about doing legislatively but will never pass Congress, which is to roll back, the rollback, uh, reinstate some of the stress testing and some of the, the higher well, capitalization standards. Well, there's two things going standards. on here. One is, yeah, one is, one is in 2018, they removed a lot of, watered down a lot of the regulatory rules right. introduced after the last 2008 financial crisis. That was nuts. I can't say that strongly enough. And we're now seeing the cost of that, particularly doing that in the era of cheap money. The other issue, though, is that they hamstrung the Fed and the FDIC in terms of the powers that it could use to actually stabilize the system. They took away a lot of the mechanisms they employed in 2008, and they're simply not allowed to do those kind of things anymore. Again, that was nuts. So there needs to be a really wholesale look at how the regulatory system has evolved in the last few years. And lessons need to be learned from places like Europe, quite frankly, where there's a much better deposit insurance scheme. And I'd just like to say one other thing about this finger pointing at the Silicon Valley, um, you know, venture funds and stuff like that. These guys have a fiduciary duty to their own investors to act in the face of risks. So if they pulled money out of Silicon Valley Bank early last week, knowing that there were problems building in that bank, yes, you can say that that actually accelerated the bank run, but they also had a fiduciary duty to do that because if they hadn't, they could have been sued by their own investors. Uh, Andrea, can so, I can, can yeah, I add on to that? Steph, sure. Um, two things. Um, people keep talking about this rolling back of Dodd-Frank in 2018, part of it, whether it was a good or a bad idea. And there's all this political finger pointing. There's one important thing to point out. Had the full Dodd-Frank still been in place today, Silicon Valley Bank would have passed the stress tests. And I think there's this general idea out there, more regulation versus less regulation. What it is, is smart regulation and actually implementing it. And the point Jillian just made about the fiduciary responsibilities um, of all those VCs is a really important one that I think is getting lost kind of in translation. The CEO of Silicon Valley Bank did something highly unusual that was a massive mistake. He got on a, a conference call with all of their customers and basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, we had this loss, guys, but we've been there for you for a long time. Please keep your deposits and be there for us. He was clearly skittish and had all of those customers not pulled their money out. They could then be sued by their investors saying, hold on a sec. You were just given, you were saying the seat to the CEO, I got your back and now our money's gone. The point Jillian just made is a really important one. I want you guys to, there, there is one particular section that, uh, that Katie, uh, that, that, um, that she said, Stephanie Rule said, that just proves our banking system is but a fraud. Listen to what she said. First of all, she wanted to come out and say, if it would have been, it's their fiduciary duty if they know something was happening with the bank, to draw the money out of the bank. But what is it that was happening to the bank? If people drew their money out of the bank, the bank would not have the money to cover it. So the bank wanted to make sure they had the money to cover it. So they went on the market to try to raise some money. All right, here's the thing. If you have an economic system, a banking system within an economic system that says there is no way people that, that says there can be a run on a bank that actually brings a bank down. And that because they didn't stay quiet 
about the run on the bank, or they didn't stay quiet about not having enough money to cover uh, their assets. That that brings down a system. The fact that just keeping quiet about it could have saved them is what she's saying. Proves the fraudulency within the system. The banking system shouldn't depend or, or grow and fall if everybody wanted to get their money in the long run, given that that other money, the actual assets of the bank, one would believe is in other loans, is in securities, etc. right? But that's not how it works. And what I did when I was at KPFT, because uh, uh, I wanted to show what banking should really look like and how we can ultimately save it. Check, a, listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Our banks prove our system is an unsustainable fraud. Banks are a very important part of our economic system. Very important. It is hard to believe, but banks create and destroy money with their actions, and it is an important feature of the type of economic system that we have. Depositors, you know, anybody that's depositing money, etc., they put money in the bank for three purposes. Anybody who puts money in a bank, they put it for three purposes. Numero uno, they put it there for safekeeping, you know? It's a lot safer to put your money in a bank than to throw it under the mattress or put it elsewhere, right? So you, you, a bank has a vault, you expect it to be there. Many times your money, even if the bank is robbed, it's covered, etc., etc., etc. Not like the old wild, wild west days. Second, often as well, they want to make a small return for giving that bank the ability to make some money on their money. After all, the bank has bills to pay. So the bank has to make money on your money. And that is your reward for, um, for keeping the money in the bank. They, they, they do other things with it, etc. Right? And third is for the services the bank provides. Banks provide great services. You need to send a wire transfer. You need to write a check. You need, well, checks no more, but you know, you have, now it's all electronic, but you need to do your electronic things with banks, etc. Those are important features. So we do need banks in a society where we trade indirectly with money. Right. And I'm going to go into that a little further because a lot of people, you know, I have a few people that follow us here on at, uh, on, on, at Politics Done Right. And they don't like the idea of money. They think we live in a monetary society, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we need money. We need money. And, and it, it's about how we run it. But anyway, continue. When you put your money in a bank, it is not just locked into a vault. After all, the bank has employees, rent, and interest for depositors to pay. In other words, you put your money in the bank, you want a little bit of, a little bit of cash for that bank holding on to your money. And that bank has to pay the employees who service you. That bank has to pay the executives who run the bank. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. So the bank lends out your money to those who need loans, 
who themselves would pay a reasonable interest to the bank, and that bank would redistribute that interest in the form of paying rent, paying for employees, paying those customers who need their, uh, you know, who have their money in the bank for that interest. So that's, that's the perfect and necessary purpose of banking. And that's why I love community banking. I love community banking. And I think that is a bank. Those are the types of banks that should always support, have support of we, the people, the banking, the, 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 the federal government, etc. Okay. But and this is the big, big but. If the bank cannot find enough borrowers, it would normally invest those dollars in, and hear what I'm saying, short-term government securities, so it would make some money on its excess cash to pay its bills and garner a fair profit. In other words, you can't have somebody's money into the bank who you promised to give a little bit of interest to and not have that money in your bank making some sort of income so that you can, again, pay your bills, etc. Welcome to Politics and Right, uh, uh, Bruce Pollard and Eric Hayes. So that is so important that we understand that, you know, there's nothing wrong with profits. There's nothing wrong with that bank doing what it needs to do to make that money, right? So it's fine. That is how a banking system in a sane society should work. A run on banks would be unlikely, but having a quasi-nationalized banking system where the government covers it would in effect make runs on banks unlikely. Let's give an example. Every time you deposit money into a bank, Let's say, you dep- let's say the bank has just 10 depositors. Each of them deposit $100,000 for a million dollars. That bank, by law, can, in, in the aggregate, they can loan out another, they can loan out of your million dollars that those 10 depositors have put into the bank. They can loan out $900,000. They have to keep a certain percentage in. and mathematically speaking, the reason you have to do that is when you look at the mathematics of how the expansion of money occurs, you would get infinite expansion of money if you didn't have that thing called a demand deposit, the amount of money that the bank has that it can't loan out, right? But additionally, a 10% number usually is about the amount that you need to, you know, anybody who has deposits in the bank and are putting deposits and taking money out, putting it out, that ensures that they have enough money to carry on the regular functions of the bank, pay a bill, not pay a bill, that sort of a thing. And that's why they have that 10% hold or something on the bank. But other than that, the bank creates new money as soon as it lends money to somebody else. Because if you look at your ledger, you have, if you put a hundred thousand dollars in the bank you have a you have your asset is a hundred thousand dollars and if that person who borrowed from that bank a hundred thousand dollars that also person has a hundred thousand dollars in assets so you've just inflated the money supply that's what lending money does all right so in effect We are, these banks are creating money and creating money, meaning they're creating economic activity. Okay. So I I wanted to bring this up in in this manner to, to, to let everybody understand that there is a purpose in banking. 
a bank charge, uh, takes your deposit, lends your money out. They make a profit from lending the money out and the interest they pay. They, they pay that, that profit to the investors and the, uh, to, the, to the people who have deposits in the bank. They, they also use that interest rate to pay employees, etc. All these things is what they do with the money that comes into the bank. That's sane banking. This is a simplistic view, but I'm covering it a lot more as I speak, as I go further. The problem arises when banks take your money and do magical things with it. Not just invest in somebody who's building a house in which the house can be collateralized for that loan or using the effective great credit of somebody who's starting a business, etc. Some businesses that the banks fund will fail. Some investments that the banks make in the order of, you know, doing these things after they do their, their diligence, they will fail. But that is what the interest rates and charges this bank will use will pay for. But when I talk about men and the cookie jar, I'm talking about these guys simply taking all the money that you give them. And by the way, Glass-Steagall back in the old days separated the kind of banking that I just explained there from the banking called investment banking that allows folks to take your money and invest in all kinds of other financial elements and prognostications and and all invest in just about anything oil fields that you know they they that's what they do now right and you know when 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 they they got rid of glass seagull it drew the line it, it took the line away from being able to do all those things when they uh they tried to put much of it back in into the law a few years ago after the 2008 crash that is what they did again into when Trump came into office and they really re, re, um, they took all these things off of the ability for the banks to do that with this explanation what I'm hoping to do here is I want to make sure that you first get the baseline of what I'm talking about so that what you're hearing on the news as far as what has to be done to clean up the banking system and why many a times they want we the people to pay the price. Ultimately, this discussion is going to go from we should pay nothing for what's going on right now. And the economic system should pay nothing for what's going on right now. There is a very easy solution to what's going on right now. Every banker that puts their, 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 their bank in trouble, every part of the banking system going forward that's in trouble, should be taken over and converted. And here, this is a magical thing. And converted into a community-style bank backstopped by the federal government, what I call a quasi-nationalization. Because these guys that are hurting the these different banks that you see falling into trouble, they're not falling into trouble because they followed the banking modal that I described of what a bank should do, your community bank that worked in the past. They are creating all kinds of financial instruments so that the select few who are taking your money as deposits, as your paycheck payrolls, all these things, and doing magical things with them that many a times they make a ton of money on, 
But when they fail, when they fail to make that ton of money we're talking about, then they come to us and says, bail us out, bail us out. Now, I know uh, Brother Biden, President Biden is claiming that what he did for Silicon Valley Bank and the other currently failing banks is not a bailout because supposedly taxpayer dollars are not going into saving these banks. I beg to differ. Every one of those accounts inside of these banks, by the way, in the old system where they were guaranteed by something called the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, I think it's what it's called. They were all, they were all backstopped by every account for $250,000. Everybody knew that, including those venture capitalists who put their money into that bank in the order of millions of dollars as simple deposits. And why did they do that again? Let me just refresh your memory. Whereas Nation Bank of America and all of these big banks are only giving their people about 0.1 or 0.2% interest rates. Uh, Silicon uh, Valley Bank, to get a lot of money into their bank, we're paying 2% on people's money. So whereas Brother Biden would say those people invested their, I mean, those people deposited money. They are not investors. They are not, the investors should lose all their money. The fact of the matter is a lot of those Silicon Valley people had their money in that bank as an investment. We exactly right. And those should not have gotten their monies back because again, the law, I mean, the, the, it, they got over to, I mean, over $250,000 in an account. If we paid them anyhow, that was a bailout because they did not qualify for the insurance that they got when they opened up that account. I repeat, they did not qualify for that insurance. Now they would say, oh, well, Things would have come crashing. No, instead of saving the, 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 the risk takers, we save the employees. We save the, the payrolls. We save those things. But other than that, we let it go. But we didn't. And that's where I talk about quasi-nationalization. I'm tired of socialism for the wealthy, which that always turns out to be. Every time the banking system is in trouble, the government comes to the rescue, but it is these, these guys who can't keep their hands out of the cookie jar by constantly, constantly creating investment to make themselves high profits. Look at all the bonuses that SVG uh, folks got just before the crash. They took a whole lot of money out of the bank themselves. Then the CEO went off to Hawaii. Folks, it's time for us to stop being played. Okay, let me go up the list and see what folks are talking about. Carl Cox says, Dawn, I want to say there's a, something I saw about a religious woman in here that I wanted to hit up on. Let's see. Um, let's see if I can find it. This stuff is hard because, there, you know, we have our, there's a lot of people in here, religious, and I, but I always promise. Leo Dawn said the following. I said to a rich religious woman that I, if I had money, I would like to make sure everyone is fed. And she inferred that people just don't deserve that. 
She said, why would you do that? So strange. Leo. I did a piece on um, today. In fact, let's see if I can pull it up. And I think I played this for you guys sometime last week or early this week. Wait, wait, or either I think I played it last week actually. And what was disconcerting? Let me pull up the. Uh, it was a. It was Guy Cecil, and I have the transcript here. Let me just put it on the screen. I have the transcript here. I think I have the transcript here. Yeah, there we go. Guy Cecil, he said the following. Let me pull it up. Speaker 2, Speaker 2. I want to find where it says, let me do a search and even. And it should come up. Uh, Let's do it here. Find even. Because what you said is not shocking at all. It says the following. Uh, I want to get to the I want to get to the right okay here it goes this is what the speaker said I used to be first let's go I feel like we need to change the narrative a bit on how we view the Republican Party the entire evangelical movement then he said I used to be a Baptist minister before I got into politics the entire evangelical conservative movement sold their soul for for one issue And they apologized for Donald Trump for six years and continue to do so because they had their eye on the long-term ball, which was destroying Roe v. Wade, nationalizing a ban on abortion. We need to think more long-term about how we are going to engage at every level of ballot across all these different spheres of influence because the reality is most Americans agree with us. On most issues. Why did I read that? I read that because when you talk about in order to make that deal, Brother Dawn, with Trump, it did mean evangelical people losing their souls. It meant they no longer saw the benefits of Jesus Christ. When Jesus turned Two loaves, seven loaves of bread into bread to feed everybody. Fit two fish into, let me have my numbers wrong. Expanded to feed all. When he knocked down those people who were doing usury. Uh, when he went into the temple and just knocked everything down on the Sabbath. You see? They've sold their soul. None of that matters anymore. Hate is now something that they can support. Killing is now something that they can support. All these things that was anathema to what an evangelical Christian was started to turn as the moral majority started to integrate. It's really a moral minority, but they call themselves the moral majority. Integrated themselves back in the 80s with this religious, you know, I mean, I look, it, Evangelicals have always had issues, right? But what occurred in the 80s, man, that really did it in. And that is where the entire soul was lost. That was where it was no longer necessary to feel love for all of your fellow man and woman. You know, fellow man meaning man and woman, but I'll correct myself. 
So that's what's happening, Leo Dawn. That is what's happening. And that's why she felt comfortable telling you that. Because now, it really didn't matter. All right, but he says more and more Democrats embrace the progressive label. Yep, I even kept the liberal, but I make distinctions between liberals and progressives. Julie Henderson says, uh, temperant Trump, uh, what, what did he say? Temperant Trump and Santos are criminals who became politicians. Distinguished gentlemen, Eddie Murphy, all applicants must pass highest level background check to complete. Compete in primary. I agree. I agree. That's what we should do. Because my God, my God, my God. Uh, then Carl Cox responded to Dawn saying, the rich religious woman you mentioned believes that God loves the wealthy, tolerates the vanishing middle class, and hates the poor. I find it ironic how, how much uh, evangelicals do display a certain disdain and hate for the poor. It, is, it, it, it just blows the mind. Julie Henderson says, Unemployed people will withdraw all assets. Eric Hayes says, Egberto, the government wants all this to happen so they have the power in their court and you won't save crap. It's amazing. It's amazing how disconnected, Eric, you feel to a government that you voted for. It's amazing. It's completely amazing. That's how successful the Powell memo was. To have the people who elected a government able to fundamentally disassociate themselves with the responsibility of holding that government accountable is exactly what the Powell memo wanted. Because by you not taking responsibility for your government, Eric, by you saying the government wants you to do this, if the government wants you to do this, that should be a synonymous phrase to we the people want you to do this. We are government. And the fact that you have allowed the Powell memo indirectly to, to make you impotent proves their success and proves that we here at Politics Done Right have a lot more work to do. Anytime I hear somebody says, the government won't do you right. The no, we the people are the government. And when the government, as we the people, misbehave, we change to ensure that they do right. The impotence that the Powell memo and specifically the conservative movement have placed on their pew by making them believe there is a distinction between we the people and government is astounding. Completely astounding. But brothers and sisters, that's why we've got politics done right. Bree says, it will someone ask for a list. I gave it. I don't know what you're talking about. I probably scrolled somewhere past all of that. Uh, I don't know who Congo Nabut says, but he says, only dishonest people say that January 6th was a coup d'etat. Uh, January 6th was not a coup d'etat. January 6th was an attempted coup d'etat that failed because of impotent management. The truth is, if it were somebody else, that coup d'etat could have been temporarily successful. Unfortunately, I hate saying that, but it could have been. All right, we're coming down close to the end of the program. Let's see. Leo Dawn says, I just feel like I completed economics and banking 101. Thank you. I couldn't be more honored to hear that statement from you, sir. 
Thank you so kindly. John Smith says, Egberto, if we had a nationalized banking system, what guarantee do I have that politicians wouldn't block me from my money or from blocking me from buying something? Let's, let's, let's reverse that question. What guarantees do you have from any particular bank right now controlled not by we the people, by controlled by a selfish, self-centered capitalist? Now, that's a, you know, it's amazing how that arguments work, uh, John, because that is what they tell you. And I understand where you're coming from. Oh, the big bad government could hold on to my money. Well, the big bad capitalist can hold on to your money too. And since the, a lot of times the capitalists have a lot of foundation within government, they can then tell government not to hold on, not to hold them responsible for taking your money. You see how the argument goes, John? But we, the people, control the government. So it would be an oxymoron for the government to hold your money. It's, it's easier. It's more logical. And it has happened that the private sector is the one that cons you. Government doesn't con anybody. Shoot, we con the government too often. The people that are ripping Social Security off, the people that are ripping off Medicare, because the government just pays their bills and they assume a certain level of honesty. That's why the corporations rip the government off. They turn the other cheek. So John Smith, you have it all reversed. It's the private sector you should fear. Think about it. Think about the logic of what I just said. Anyway, we're coming down to the end of the program. Uh, let's see what we got to say here. All right. I just got a headache. All right. Let's go ahead and I just want to ask all of you brothers and sisters to support the program. Egberto, a private bank might be able to hold my money, but then I would have the government judicial system. Canada did such a thing, as I mentioned. You could have the, well, and the same applies to if the government nationalizes the bank. Why would they want to hold your money? It's we the people. Oh, madre mía, por favor, piensa por favor. All right, let's now go to, uh, to go ahead and say, folks, I, I need you. I want to ask you so kindly to support our program. How can you support our program? You can go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal to support us on PayPal. You can go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon to be one of our patrons. And we need patrons, uh, a whole lot of patrons right now. We had a small decline with the, the with what's occurring in the economy right now. But for those of you who can, please, I ask you so kindly to become a patron. Uh, likewise, you can, if you want to find all the different methods in which you can provide support to Politics and Right, please go to politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. And that way you can find and whatever is the easiest way to support us, either buying our books, buying our, our stuff on at our store. But we would really love for you to become members by going ahead and support us on uh, poli uh, on politicsonright.com slash support, one of the options that's there. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet 
with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. 